Welcome. This is Nutaku. Where I talk things, anime and manga. I am not an expert gatekeeper. I am just a fan. Trying to share my love with you. Feel free to interact with me on Instagram and Twitter at Nutakukas. Yes, my woven friends calling me. Or email me questions and requests at Nutaku2019 at gmail.com. Listen on Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Give out five stars on Apple Podcasts. And please subscribe and share. I am a vampire. Did I scare you? My name's Jim. Welcome. Excuse me, I'm still in character. Welcome. This is our annual, second annual, I should say, spooky episode. Scary, spooky episode. I was pretty spooked this year. Got a spooky election, spooky COVID, spooky how's how's the guy with the bar going to make any money? Everything's very spooky. Terrifying. So for this episode, I have a film that I'm going to review. But first, I was thinking about this. And everybody does lists. Lists are everywhere. So I decided to do my favorite. Now, mind you, they may not be the best of all time. And everybody has their own favorites. But these are my favorite horror films of all time. So to preface this, I don't think there's any... Let me look at my list real quick. Blah, 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 blah. There's a couple of films that have multiple sequels. But... Of the big, the big ones, I'm just going to, they're not on my best of all time list, but I'm going to give you my favorite of these series. So we'll start with A Nightmare on Elm Street. My favorite film of A Nightmare on Elm Street is, by far, Dream Warriors. Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is pretty good, too, because it's like a big allegory for being in the closet. And Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is basically team of superhero uh, dream people, kids in a insane asylum, a crazy person house, a, what would you call it, a sanitarium, um, band together to fight against Freddy, who's preying on these, on these teens. And it's pretty ridiculous. It's amazing. It's got the classic scene where uh, Freddy takes the girl who stays awake by burning herself with cigarettes so she doesn't fall asleep, takes her and jams her head into the television. Uh, it's got, Where's the fucking bourbon, bitch? It's got some pretty classic scenes, and it's got the really creepy scene that sticks with me forever is the marionette kid. That is gnarly. And also, I'm the wizard master. When I'm asleep, and when I dream, my legs are strong. Love that film. How about the... Uh, Friday the 13th films, and I know this is going to be a controversial choice, 
there's two of them that I really like. I'm going to honorable mention uh, Friday the 13th Part 3 because it's 3D and it's ridiculous, especially when you're not watching in 3D and things come flying at the screen like there's a scene where uh, biker toughs are in the town and the biker tough punches the glass. So he winds up to punch the glass and then suddenly it's his fist is coming at you and it's absolutely hilarious to watch. Um, but my favorite film, controversy aside, is Jason X. The 10th film, a.k.a. Spacen. A spaceship shows up on Earth. They find, of course, they find the corpse of Jason Voorhees. He's brought back to, you know, in the bottom of a burned out lake because of atomic war. And uh, he is brought back to life and then he becomes a freaking robot. Um, most importantly, there's this scene where it's like a holodeck, think like a hologram room, like Star Trek holodeck. And they go in and they're trying to confuse Jason. So they have him, these girls approach him nude and say, Hey, you want to have premarital sex? And then it pans away to him. He has the girls in sleeping bags and he's smashing them against a tree. It's absolutely amazing. So that's the big two from continuing series that I can think of off the top of my head. So, I'm going to go through my favorite horror films of all time. I'll give you a brief brief description if you've never seen it. And hopefully you agree, disagree, it doesn't matter. Hopefully you go out and check out these films. So, I'm go- doing it alphabetical so to show no preference because I love all these films and I don't want to say one's better than the other. There are some that are obviously uh, in the history of film given a higher standing than some of the other ones. But these are the ones that I came up of, came up with off the top of my head that I consider my favorite of all time. Some are newer, some are older. I think the oldest film on this list is 73. There's two from 1973. The year I was, oh, I'm not going to give that away. Ah, yes. So to start off, A, An American Werewolf in London. This film's from 1981. It is, and mind you, 1981, I was like growing. I was a young, young boy. So this was... Scenes in this, it's a comedy. It's a comedy, horror, dark comedy. Um, there are scenes in this that still stick to me as terrifying, especially the dream sequences. Now, when you look back on it now and you see the actual werewolf and you get a physical reveal of the werewolf, it's kind of silly looking. But the transformation scenes are amazing to this day, still stand up. And also, there are dream sequences where he's, when, when the main character becomes a werewolf and he's starting to deal with becoming a werewolf, there's a scene because he's a Jewish American who's on vacation backpacking through Europe and or uh, through uh, Britain. And there's a scene where Nazis show up to his family's house. And oh my God, that, sh- that scene is still terrifying to this day. Next up, alphabetical. Alien, the original Alien, 1979. You'll see a trend. I tend to go for the more space ones and demons and cults and pretty much everything. Now that I mention it. There's everything in this. So, Alien. Sigourney Weaver is amazing. I think this film is, it started my obsession with like strong female leads. I love a strong female lead in my TV shows. Uh, If you listen, even reviewing anime, you will notice that I don't like Damsel in Distress. I'm not a big fan of Damsel in Distress. I like women that kick fucking ass, man. And I especially like the ones that show up their male counterparts. And Ripley is right from the beginning. Don't let this fucking thing in. I can't you believe you let it in. Why did you let this thing in before you know it? It was from 1979. Everybody's dead except for Ripley and the cat. So, yeah. 
Alien, the Xenomorph, iconic. It doesn't get much better than that film. Next up, more horror comedy. 1987's remake of Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2. It sounds like a sequel, but he, Sam Raimi basically came up with money and did his version of Evil Dead, which was, I believe, a 1981 film, which was like gory and, but at the same time silly because it was very low budget. And he remade it because he had money. And it is one of the best slapstick. It's straight pulled from Three Stooges, like old slapstick, where poor uh, Ash in the film just gets a living shit slapped out of him. It's pretty damn amazing. Funny, kind of scary, but mostly funny. Now, a classic. 1973's The Exorcist. Now, you know, a lot of people don't, and there were, when this film came out, there were a lot of uh, polls on, you know, it, it was a cultural phenomenon. People were terrified. Oh, they were going, oh, we were all, they was, I can't believe this would happen. They would release this horrible film about the devil. This spooky devil is going to kill everyone. Um, but when it came out, apparently it has a more resonant chord with Christians than it does with people of other faiths. So as a kid who grew up Roman Catholic and they talk about devils and stuff and having, you know, reactionary parents who like threw out your Dungeons and Dragons if you did bad in school and stuff. My, my parent, my mother was legit satanic panic. If it was anything to have to do with me doing poorly or acting out, it had nothing to do with her poor parenting, of course. It had to do with uh, Dungeons and Dragons, video games. Um, it, it, was always, it was always somebody else's fault. And uh, she was a firm satanic panic person. So we, and she wasn't even religious, so that's besides the point. But The Exorcist was absolutely terrifying. It was one of these films that like built on a hype, and I was too young to watch it, obviously, in 1973 when it came out. But when I finally got to see it, it lived up to the hype. Of course, the pea soup puke is, doesn't really hold up, but uh, the feeling of dread in that room with Reagan is pretty damn good. Not Ronald Reagan, the main character, Reagan. Next up, alphabetically, H, Halloween. The classic, the original, 1978. That single shot scene at the beginning. Um, the feeling that, uh, you know, this sets up the, the slasher genre. Everything else that came behind it, after it, the Friday the 13th, all that kinds of stuff, just was an imitation of this sh- movie. This set the standard for all Halloweens. Now, of course, this is one of my favorite horror movies, of, films of all time. Controversially, maybe for some, I also, honorable mention, Halloween 3. Now, Halloween 3, they made Halloween 2, and it was like a direct sequel of Hall- the first Halloween. It wasn't very good. Halloween 3 because John Carpenter originally envisioned Halloween as like an anthology where it would be different stories per movie. He was pressured into making Halloween 2 or producing Halloween 2, however the story goes. Don't take me for for word for word. But when Halloween 3 came out, it was just an original story, and it's about witches and how witches in modern time are using technology to create a mass sacrifice to please whoever their god is in the film. I forget who it is. Uh, and it's pretty good, and it's the story structure is really good, and the t- automaton robots are pretty cool, and there's some orange stuff, and the masks, and the bugs crawling out of kids' faces, is friggin' amazing, and the woman where who's tampering with the silver shamrock little medallion. Oh, speaking of which, the silver shamrock jingle is amazing. She's mess- messing with this medallion, and she ends up 
it's got a microchip on the back, microchip for 19, uh, 1980 or whenever the film came out. She's playing around with it, and it shoots a laser beam in her face, and it's absolutely hilarious to watch, except bugs do crawl out of her face. But anyway, Halloween, the first Halloween on the list. Next, a film that made people terrified to go into the ocean, Jaws, 1975. The robot does not stand up. I'll admit, Bruce does not look cool. But that first scene where the girl gets killed, um, the scene where Bruce, the, the shark, first emerges next to the boat, uh, the, the three guys getting drunk in the boat, Oh my God, with the sing-along. This is a great film. Jaws is amazing. It's one of those films, and to this day, that if it's on TV, if it's streaming somewhere, I will stop everything I'm doing and just put it on and watch it. Even though I've seen it millions of times, probably. Okay, newer film, 2019's. Midsummer. I actually dressed as the May Queen this year for Halloween. Thank you very much. Midsummer is a story about a girl who is dealing with grief. And the loss of her loved ones through tragic, through tragic actions. Uh, at the same time, she has a piece of shit boyfriend who's trying to break up with her, but won't, but can't, because of, because she just lost her family. So he's totally self-serving. This is a very, gr- this is a good story of a woman taking control of her life. And this, the, I don't want to give anything away. Because it's a 2019 film, and I think you should go see it. Warning, it is like two and a half freaking hours. But I watched it, and I loved it. And it is really the only movie that I've ever seen where psychedelics were done right, where it actually looked like they were on, like, acid or something like that. So, or mushrooms, in particular. Like, I was like, okay, this kind of looks like what it's like to be on mushrooms. Um, not that I've, not if there's any cops out there, I've never done a drug in my life. So, Midsummer. Next. Reanimator, 1985. Her good classic H.P. Lovecraft story about a doctor who wants to reanimate corpses. This movie is freaking amazing. Uh, Jeffrey Combs is great as Herbert West. The um, Barbara Crampton as the damsel in distress. The the, uh, detached head. The zombies. The sound clips. There's sound clips from this film that are in a Big Daddy Kane album. This is a great film, a lot of fun because it is a it is a dark comedy, but it, it, the monsters at you know and the, and the body horror and everything's very cool for this film. 1980s, The Shining. Santa Kubrick's fantastic film about a family in a castle in a hotel in the Rocky Mountains who are staying. The man has a recovering alcoholic with uh, abuse, former abuse uh, charges, who is staying with his family in this hotel over the winter as the caretaker. He's always been the caretaker. And there's psychics and all kinds of ghosts and all kinds of question marks. Very cool film, very stylized. There's uh, shots that to this day stand up and people like, you know, the carpet and... You know, it's one of these films that, you know, this, this one, very similar to Twin Peaks in that there's certain environments that stick with you and you'll always remember the pattern or the shot or the elevators with the blood or the furry giving the guy a blowjob. You know, like there's all kinds of very cool things in this that's all atmosphere. Speaking of atmosphere, 
Suspiria, 1977 Suspiria. It's an Italian film, Dario Argento. The soundtrack is by a band called Goblin, who I've seen live, and they are freaking amazing. The color palette in this film is so cool. Basic premise, a girl is recruited to go... And I'm talking about 77, the remake, not or the original, not the remake. The remake is was entertaining. The This girl is recruited to become a ballerina in this prestigious school in... Where the hell is she? I'm assuming Italy. I forget. I forget. In the remake, she's in Germany, in East Germany. Right by the wall. I don't remember. But uh, everything about it's about witches. It's basically a witch story. Uh, Coven of witches. Pretending to be a dance studio. Very cool. Okay, here's the big granddaddy. Some would say this is probably the greatest horror film of all time. I'll say it's one of. 1974 is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Creepy-ass film. We get our Leatherface, uh, but the family in general. Forget about Leatherface. The Ed Gein ripoff Leatherface. Let's talk about the dad in the, Oh, what a creep. When he's got the girl in the truck and he's... Oh, everything's going to be fine. And he's poking her with a stick like... <laughs> yes, very cool. The environment is very cool. Um, the squealing Leatherface. And, you know, cannibals. Cannibals are always pretty creepy. So yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, amazing. Still creepy to this day. There's something about 70s, 70s and 80s films. Especially 70s in particular. There's a graininess to them that makes them the atmosphere creepy. The only John Carpenter... No, the second John Carpenter film on here. I had Halloween on here. The Thing. 1982's The Thing. Funny story about The Thing. My mother gave us the option to see two films. One of two films. I think they both came out in the summer or spring. And the two films were The Thing, we could go see The Thing, or we can go see Swamp Thing, the original Swamp Thing film. We picked Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing was fun, but it wasn't The Thing, one of the best physical body horror films about isolation in Antarctica with an alien organism who can imitate people. This is a great watch. R.J. McCready's cool. Keith David for motherfucking president. Great film. It's about paranoia and agent and aliens. Speaking of paranoia, 2015's The VVH, The Witch. I know a lot of people don't like this movie because it's a slow burn film. I thought this movie was great. It, it definitely showed the environment, another environment film, where the terrors of living in a puritanical United States, well, they weren't the United States yet, American colonies, where, you know, these people that, we never get a reason why they're actually pushed out of their town. Were they more puritanical than the puritanicals? And they go, they have to make it on their own, and one of the kids goes missing, the baby goes missing. So they start blaming each other, and then they blame witches. Vivivitches. I love this film. Saw it in theater. Watched it multiple times. It's black and white. Very good performances. And, of course, Black Phillip, the goat, is the goat. And last on my list, another W, The Wicker Man. Not the Nicolas Cage film. Nicolas Cage film is pretty damn funny. There's plenty of clips to watch. He loves beating women, which is never funny. But in that movie, he's giving them all right crosses and knocking them the hell out. The Wicker Man for 1973. Christopher Lee plays Lord Summerisle. The guy who was 
the Eliminator, I believe it was called. I forget the actor's name. Um, he is called because he's, it's, you know, it's a Scottish island. So he's called from Scotland to investigate this missing girl on this island. And they make a good point to point out how religious he is and how he's, he's a virgin. And he is sent on a wild goose chase. And if you liked Midsummer, if you've seen Midsummer, the, Wick, the Midsummer is greatly influenced by the Wicker Man. Basically, a man who is his ideals and everything he believes in is greater than the beliefs of others. Because Christ is on his side. Christ! Oh, Jesus! Jesus Christ! Actual quote from the scene, from the movie. And it's got all the hot babes from Hammer Films and Christopher Lee, who's pretty hot too. But all the super hot babes that were in every single old Hammer film from the 70s, horror films. If you don't know what Hammer, Hammer films are, they were in a uh, like cheap film studio based in Britain. And they put out like all these great um, campy horror movies through the 60s and 70s. Peter Cushing and Christopher Lear and all of them. Very good films. You should look for them. But The Wicker Man, great film. I love it. Another atmosphere. The environment is the scary part. So there you go. That's my list. With my honorable mentions. But, one thing that was missing from this entire list is vampires. Do you suck blood? Do you resist sucking blood? Perhaps you are a damn fear. So last year for Halloween, we reviewed Vampire Hunter D, the original, 1981, I believe. Let's see. I have it written down somewhere. 85. Vampire Hunter D's a 1985 film. So they did another one because of the success and the demand for a new one. They did uh, 2000's Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, which was just called Vampire Hunter D in Japan when it was released. Streaming. Difficult to find. Now... I found it on YouTube. There is, the version isn't great. It doesn't sound great. It looks great. It doesn't sound great. So I watched it on YouTube. The, uh, it's one hour and 37 minutes long. The studio is Madhouse. Now, Madhouse, you may know from One Punch Man Season 1 only. Overlord, uh, Wicked City, which I reviewed. Ninja Scroll, which I reviewed. And it was directed and storyboarded by Yoshiaki Kawajiri, who also did Wicked City and Ninja Scroll. The source is a novel. It's the third novel from Hideyuki Kikuchi's Vampire Hunter D season uh, series. It's this. The book is called Demon Death Chase, and now your genres: action, drama, fantasy, horror, romance, sci-fi, and vampire. Here's your synopsis. The story revolves around D, the infamous Dun Peel. Now, let's put this out there right now. For some reason in this film, they don't call him a Damphir anymore. Damphir was the term to describe a human vampire hybrid. He's a Dun Peel. I don't know what this is. Why they changed it, it makes no sense. So, put one point off for Dun Peel. So, the infamous Dun Peel. Born of a vampire father and a human mother. Outcast and renowned vampire hunter. His prowess at hunting the creatures of the night allow his acceptance among humans. 
he is called upon to locate Charlotte Elborn, the lovely daughter of an affluent family who has been mysteriously kidnapped. When the sun sets, the hunt goes on. You would think they would hunt him during the day. Charlotte's father offers a rich bounty, be she dead or alive. A task D willingly accepts, even with notorious Marcus brothers and their gang of bounty hunters seeking the prize as well. Amidst the chase, and unknown to all looks, a sinister evil which has been secretly manipulating their every move and has set a chilling trap that none will expect and few will survive. With the tables turned, the seekers revealed. The hunters could quickly become, guess what? The hunted, 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 hunted. So here's a little background for this film. So the idea for a new Vampire Hunter D film came after there was fan demand to make a follow-up. Mind you, it took 15 years. Hideaki Kikuchi was also in favor of this because he often complained about how cheap the original looked. It did not age well, the original. Plans for a new film started in 1997 by director uh, Kawajiri and production company Madhouse. Producer Matachiro Yamamoto wanted to pick up the rights to Madhouse's Wicked City. And during the discussions about Wicked City, Yamamoto heard about the new Vampire Hunter D film and wanted to not only get involved with video distribution, but in production and possible theatrical release in America. The completed version of the film was only released theatrically in the in English va- language version. So the version I watched, which originally I was like, oh, I can't find the dub. There is no dub. Or there is no, th- this isn't a dub. This is the original version. So there's no sub version of it. On its Japanese theatrical release, it was subtitled in Japanese. So the original, created in Japan by a Japanese artist and a Japanese production company, was voiced in English, English and then subtitled in Japanese for Japanese release. It premiered on September 23rd in 2001 in America, where it played in six theaters. It grows 25,521 in this run and $151,086 total making it the highest-grossing Japanese film ever in a language other than Japanese. That's probably few and far, far between, but uh, props to them. So, let's talk a little about this. Alright, so the animation in this film is amazing. It starts off with a scene where the big vampire, Meyer Link, is coming to town to get Charlotte, the girl he's... He's supposedly kidnaps. Um, and it's there's a dog, and the dog is baying, and then it gets scared by a, a vampire. And then all this, there's so many crucifixes, because I guess vampires are a big thing in this, you know, neo-future. And all of these crucifixes just start bending, and it looks so cool. All the water in the film looks great. There's a scene on, like, a, a placid lake city, like, abandoned city, ancient town. Looks great. Um, the fight scenes are cool as hell. And you finally, our big reveal is we get a twist at the end where Carmilla, who is a standard of Japanese tales about European vampires, like the female Dracula. You know, that when you think of Japanese vampires, you think of Dracula. You think of Alucard, a.k.a. Dracula spelled backwards. And you think of Carmilla. She's always involved in stuff. If you want to go check out the Castlevania series. Carmilla's involved in the Castlevania series on Netflix. So the animation in Carmilla's castle is amazing. Holy shit. 
And the character design in this film is really sexy. In particular, D, he's sexy as shit. Leela, who is like our main female character, she looks really cool in her stretch getup. And Meyer Link, he's sexy as shit too, the big vampire. But I think the coolest character design and the coolest character is more of a minor character. He's one of the gang of vampire hunters. His name is Grove. So he's this bedridden guy. They're driving around and it's basically this big tank. It's got crosses. Of course, it's crosses all over. you got to stop vampires. And it's this gang of vampire hunters who are, you know, they're doing a good job of killing the minions. But when it comes to, like, the big bads, they're not doing a very good job. We get this guy, Grove. So he's laying in the bed the whole time. He's like, oh, Leah, what's going on? Oh, Leah, help me, Leah. But then they're like, all right, Grove, we need you to go wreck shit. And he's like, okay, all right, I can do this one more time. So apparently he's dying from whatever this, this thing is. So they inject him with a green fluid. And we get a big reveal where he's a psychic. And his form, his psychic form, he looks wasted, like high as hell. And he's floating. And he's got these flowing robes and there's orbs around him. And they're shooting freaking lasers and everything. It is freaking him. When he shows up, I was like... Oh, shit, Grove. And he's just zapping shit and blowing. And he's indiscriminately, blow, like, destroying everything. And the look on his face of this, like, like he's just wasted. Like, he just took a shot of heroin. He was like, I'm falling asleep. Like, hey, man. He's just, like, blowing through everything. And then we get the big twist at the end with Carmilla, where she was the puppet master. So Meyer, spoiler, Meyer Link, Meyer Link doesn't kidnap Charlotte. Charlotte's in love with him. There's a great scene where Leela is, that is her name, Leela, right? Am I saying that correctly? Let me ch- double check Leela's pronunciation. I don't want to be doing it. Yeah, Leela. Leela is, finds out the story, you know, and she's like, oh, I love him and I don't care what anybody thinks. And it explains why the dad is like, oh, I want her dead or alive. Like, I can't have this vampire kid in my, in my blood. And Leela's like, listen, kid. Don't be an idiot. Like, this is really stupid. Like, once you become, you like, he's a fucking vampire. It's like trying to convince your friend that someone that they're with is toxic. You know what I mean? And this toxic person is, and, you know, you have scenes where Meyer Link, he's like, really likes this girl, and he really is in love with her. But at times, he's, like, tempted to suck her blood. He's like, <laughs> And your big reveal is that Meyer Link and Charlotte are in love, and they just want to get away from it all and love each other. So they find a spaceship, and they want to fly into space, because remember, this is the future. And, you know, chaos ensues. So that's all I'm going to give away. I'm not going to give away too much. But, my new Taku ranking. This is amazing. This is a masterpiece. This film is freaking beautiful. The animation is fluid and fast. I said about the, cr- the character design. It's amazing. It's visceral, so it's violent. The voice acting, considering that it is, you know, it's a, a, it's got a pretty decent voice acting, and I guess it makes sense because it was originally recorded in, ja- in English and then subtitled in Japanese, so they have a pretty decent uh, voice cast. Uh, Dwight Schultz plays this one character, you know, like in a couple of, um, a couple of these films done by um, uh, Kawajiri. There's always a guy that slips into the shadows. You know, it's like a shadow guy. There's always a shadow villain. And he, the, he has this shadow, vi- and sh- uh, shadow villain. And sh- Dwight Schultz, who did the voice for uh, Howling Mad Murdoch from the original A-Team. Or he 
played a character on Star Trek: The Next Generation. It's like uh, like wimpy engineer guy whose name I can't it escapes me. But at first I thought it was Mark Hamill who played Luke Skywalker in the original Star Wars. I was like, that voice sounds familiar. It's Dwight Schultz. He does a great job. Um, the the film has, if you've seen Vampire Hunter D, and if you haven't, you can go listen to our re- review from this time last year. It has the same pacing as Vampire Hunter D, where it's like, oh, hey, dude, we need you to do a job. Here it is. And then it's just like, oh, shit, shit's going down. Shit's dying. People are getting killed. Vampires are blowing up. And then you get like a little... You know, explanation part, and then it's back into the fucking chaos. Like a quick, like a quick middle part, like about twenty minutes, where it slows down, and then it's just back into it. Very similar pacing to the original Vampire Hunter Day, but I think this is much better uh, um, executed. It looks better. It's more fluid. The story makes a little bit more sense. It's a lot less. uh, Well, let me just try to figure this out because I don't know the entire story. I will go so as far as to say that this is a must-watch film. It is a masterpiece. And it should be in your regular Halloween spooky rotation. And it's for free on YouTube. So go check it out. It's an hour, a little over an hour and a half. So yes, masterpiece for Vampire Hunter D, Bloodlust. I freaking love this movie. I'm so glad I watched it. It was the only vampire movie I got to watch during spooky times. And I'm real spooked because of it. And that's what we got. That is the spooky episode. Sorry, it's a couple days but late. I've been very, very, I'm a very busy man right now. But bars are probably going to close because of COVID. And we got an election tomorrow because today is November 2nd. So who knows what the fuck is going on in Philadelphia. But from here in Philadelphia, I would like to wish you all a happy Halloween. Very spooky. Eat your candy. Don't get sick or you'll get worms. So for me... Here at the New Taco Anime Podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening. Also, as soon as I'm caught up on all the shows, I'm almost there from our fall list. At some point this week, I will record the a, re, a quick review. Well, it's not going to be quick because there's 20 shows. A review of our fall 2020 list, where we are so far. We're about five episodes in on a lot of these shows. Some of them a little less, but we're at the five episode point. So I think we're ready to do a little review. So, thank you for joining me this week. And once again, please share with your friends and follow on Instagram and Twitter at NewTakuCast. Send questions and show requests. Our email is NewTaku2019 at gmail.com, and I'll talk about all of them on the air. Theme song is Massive Fermenting Dregs with the song After This Speed from the album The World Is Yours. Listen to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Give out five stars on Apple Podcasts, and please subscribe and share. And until next time, I am a vampire. I am not a Don Peel. I am a Don Fear. No, I am pure blood vampire. And gone body. To you and everyone at home. <laughs>